Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today our episode is entitled Swinging for the Fence. So let's set the stage for those of you that haven't hung out with us before. Greg and I have been friends for a long time and we just had a good long talk. So I think we're still friends. Still good. We have both been managers for a long time. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will most often start at the perspective of the employee and then move on. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations and provided us with a learning opportunity. And our underlying theme is always going to be a good discussion. I think uh, this is going to be a good discussion today, Greg. I think it is. I think this is something that I've personally experienced and probably contributed to as well. So I look forward to this dialogue. Yeah. And I, I uh, when we started talking about this one at first, it didn't click for me. And then I put some thought into it. And I went, you know what? Uh, I've been there and I've seen others there as well. So let's set up the situation. Swinging for the fence. You are applying for a job that would be a big promotion perhaps to a management position, and it is a stretch or reach for you, and you experience some or all of the following. Your boss scoffs at the idea right off the mark. Your boss shuts down the conversation with you about it. You can't provide a wider view of your experience or abilities. You're made to think that you are inferior. You're made to think that you are wasting your time. There is no information provided why your boss thinks you're way off the mark. So Greg, how do you think this affects our relationships and the work environment? Well, what's interesting, like everything, it, it degrades trust. Uh, and, and it certainly deflates any energy that, that someone might have had in order that they wanted to go for that role. And I think what's interesting is all of those descriptors that you talked about may have not been as overt as we heard them. You know, like saying you're inferior. It's not like most managers will say you're inferior, uh, but the way they look, the uh, verbal and nonverbal responses definitely make you feel inferior uh, and make you feel that you're wasting your time um, or, or, or that you're wasting their time for sure for even considering it and having them to get involved in it. So, uh, boy, oh boy, it can be another one of those ones that just, just lowers the confidence and definitely degrades the relationship that you have with your manager and, and as a manager with your employee. When we started talking about this episode and did a little bit of development on it, I, I started looking at myself. I'm going like, I have had some of these conversations where people have come in the room and you know, wanted to swing for the fence. And I got to, it made me start to think like, what tells did I start showing when they were having that conversation? Like, what was my body language? What were my kind of verbal tics? Did I fall into some like pre-prepared type responses that you have when you're a manager, when somebody comes in and says something outrageous? So I, I spent a bit of time uh, after we talked about this episode and we kind of did some development on and going like, I, I, I'm pretty sure I did not handle this situation very well a couple of times because sometimes it just comes out of left field, right? And it's like, there's this opportunity and right away you're going like, this person isn't ready. This isn't going to be a good thing. And I got to wonder how I looked to that person mm. 
when we were having this conversation, like we all have tells, right, that show that we're under stress or we're not happy with something or we feel uncomfortable perhaps in this type of conversation. And I found myself going back going, I wonder how I looked in those situations because, uh, I mean, we're on Zoom. No one else can see us, but you can. And, and Greg, I don't, I don't want to hide how I feel very well. And so I'm sitting there now thinking back going, you know, did I handle those situations well or not? Yeah, and you know, often what we do is we share the worst scenarios that can go wrong. And it's not that these managers, including ourselves, are bad managers necessarily. Sometimes stuff is just, there's lots going on. And it's like, to your point, it's like the last thing I need right now is for Alistair to go here, you know, or go to this pathway. And so it's sometimes it really is just, what's my mindset like when that occurs? And how do I recognize how I respond and how I show up and how do I create that moment of pause and I think almost all of our podcasts we talk about the importance of recognizing your emotion recognizing the energy that's building surging in you good and bad and finding ways to pause and uh, and and say listen you know can we talk about this later or let's put aside some time later so that I can catch my breath and go into that conversation more thoughtful. I like that. Pause and thoughtful. I like those two words. Mm -hmm. So what are some common sense things as a manager to help deal with this situation? And I think the first one kind of falls into what you've just said, Greg. Listen to the employee. Really listen. You might not truly understand everything that they bring to the table. And if you're not in this mindset, mind space to be able to listen, um, schedule a time when you can because there are times when you can't and I think it's a lot more respectful for uh, you to say Alistair listen I do want to talk to you about this but right now isn't the best time I want to be able to put my full focus on the conversation so let's set it up at the end of the day that that then that allows you to be more prepared and in some of the other other podcasts we talked about that ability to be planful about the dialogue. Uh, so give yourself space, don't rush into this, because if you're feeling impatient, if you're feeling overloaded, it will go bad. I really like that, I like that idea. And don't kill people's dreams. Maybe this isn't a now thing, but a real possibility in the future at some point. We want to move along with people. You never know till you see them in action at an interview and everything else involved in the process. I really uh, like the idea of having uh, a prepared conversation with somebody, knowing that they're probably still gonna go through with it. And I don't think them going through that process is uh, an unhealthy thing. There may be some disappointment attached to it, but the things that they will learn about themselves and about the job and about the organization when they go through uh, a recruitment process or an interview process, there's a lot of life uh, skills and things that you can learn in that process and I don't think it's a bad thing when people go through something. And even if it doesn't turn out at the end, there's so many learning points along the way for them. I agree. And you know what? We've, we've talked about this and we know that uh, retention of your best talent is critical. So the fact that someone who's working for you has, is aspiring to something big and stretching and wanting to move forward, that's a good energy that you want to keep in the organization. So how you shepherd this process, even if they're not ready yet, 
is so, 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 so powerful. And it deepens your relationship with that person so much because then you become a trusted advisor. You help them see and be more prepared for it. And you also are there when they aren't successful to help them reflect on, on, on what's, what's needed. Or if they are successful, then, then again, you become known as a leader who enables folks to go forward onto the next level. So then guess what? You're the kind of person that people want to work for. So the best people will be attracted to work for you. And you kind of nailed the next point. When the dust, dust settles, it could be a good moment for further, for further development conversation, right? You know, they go through this thing and maybe they're not successful. And then you, um, then you, it gives you that opportunity. It's a natural flow into that development conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Or to your point, are they are successful, but in both cases, it's a great opportunity to show that I care for you, that I'm invested in your growth and I see potential in you. Man, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful uh, scenario. And you know, as I was re reflecting on this, I, I remember a situation with myself and it was actually for a VP role, my first VP role. Um, my boss said to me, he was moving to the States and my boss I wanted to go for it. I was a director. It was a stretch role for me and I wanted to go for it. And, and um, he said I wasn't ready. And boy, I was, I, I was dejected. Uh, fortunately, there was another VP who was a VP of supply chain that sat down with me and I was talking to him and he said, Greg, be the VP. Believe in it. Go for it. And it gave me the encouragement and some of the thought process around what I needed to do. And you know what, well, guess what? I, I actually, that my VP moved. I, I was the acting VP. And because I, I followed the advice of that VP of supply chain, the president who, who hired me into the role promoted me into that role. But I'll tell you that that first moment it was a killjoy of my dreams. I just, I thought, wow, everything that we talked about. Uh, and if it wasn't for that other person that came, came alongside of me and mentored me and supported me, I may have left that organization. And we did some great things after that. Um, me being in, having to be in that role with a new president. But boy, oh boy, how, how quickly we can snip the, the spark or, or, or fan the flame. Um, and, uh, fortunately there was someone there that was fanning the flame. I applied for a couple kind of stretch jobs, not so much up as sideways. And, uh, what I benefited from was when I was told I wasn't going to get the opportunity. It wasn't a discussion with my boss, but with the, the hiring people, you know, they actually took me aside and there's a couple uh, jobs in particular I'm thinking of. And we had a great conversation afterwards. They said, listen, you've got all this stuff. These are the couple points you kind of need to work on. And I really liked that discussion though. Yes, I was disappointed I didn't get the role, but at the same time, I had this great discussion with another manager and, you know, senior executive within the organization. And it ended up being just a really good conversation. And these, you know, these people, you know, I considered them, uh, oh, they're in Camp Alistair right now. I mean, yes, they didn't give me the job, but they obviously, uh, care that I applied for this job and were very, very encouraging and gave me some very practical tips on, on moving forward uh, in the future. So I, I think, you know, even when you, you know, if you swing for the fence, 
and uh, the person isn't going to get, get the job, you as the hiring manager or senior executive, you also have an opportunity to speak into people's lives and to give them encouragement, uh, as you've said. And it's a great opportunity, you know, yes, disappointment. But at the same time, you can speak into somebody and give them some encouragement and some practical tips. Right. And even, even if, if you're the manager and you really think, to your point, this is out of the person's uh, wheelhouse, um, always enter into the conversation with curiosity. Ask, you know, so Alistair, tell me more about why you're interested in this role first. And tell me more based upon, let's look at the job profile and talk about what are your experiences and your strengths that you have that can make you successful? What are the things that are maybe gaps that currently exist? Let's talk through those and let's have that conversation. Even having that conversation might help the person uh, reflect and see, boy, there are some big gaps. Uh, and you also may be able to encourage and point to things that they might not even see, experiences and and skills that they don't recognize in themselves. So it's a great opportunity, but begin by being curious. Tell me why and tell me what you bring. Beautiful why and what brings are, are great things. And then, but still as a leader, have the courage to be able to say also, I do see this as a stretch. There are some of the things that, that, might, uh, that might be uh, missing. And that curiosity thing, uh, our next point is, uh, talk to others to get their perspective on the employee. So your employee has come up to you and said they're going to be swinging to their fence. And if they work with some other people, some other managers, take the opportunity to talk to those people because maybe you don't know the full story about this person. We have so many people uh, in our ranks that have so many skills and experiences have worked different places. And we might not have the clearest picture of who this person is. I just think it's a really really good opportunity to, you know, kind of fan out a little bit and, f and make sure that you have the right picture who this person is. Because if you shut them down and you're not helpful to them, maybe there's a whole side of them, a whole different bunch of skills that you're just not aware of. You haven't had that opportunity yet to have a conversation with them about it. Yeah. And also kind of shepherding them to talk to someone who might give them a broader view of where they are actually at themselves. You know, again, balancing that perspective and also helping them prepare for whatever it is. I think that's a great idea. Not only you as a manager getting a, a broader perspective, but also encouraging them to get a deeper perspective on the role and others in it so that they mostly understand it. So both sides. And this is a great, uh, you know, when you know somebody wants to start swinging for the fence, it's a great time to kind of fold the whole topic of promotion into the job evaluation process. So that, you know, as they're planning for their next year and they're, they're having these, these uh, uh, dreams of being promoted to the next level or a couple levels up or whatever it is, it's a great opportunity to fold that into their development program or evaluation process, whatever you call it, and to, uh, you know, give them some milestones to help work with them to get them to the next level. Yeah, and you know what, being able to be really crisp and clear on those objectives and say, you know what, Often, from a promotability perspective, one of the things that organizations look at is past success. How have you delivered against the projects or the responsibilities that you're currently holding? So again, to your point, this just provides you a great um, opportunity to say, you know, especially even if they don't get it, to say, okay, what do we need to put in place that will allow you to demonstrate your strengths in these areas? 
not only from a, a measurement perspective, but also from an experience perspective, because that being able to, especially if they're not successful, and if they are successful, what are the between now and when you take on that new role or when the next time you apply for the role, what are the experiences we need to give you uh, to be able to be more likely to be successful in that role? What a powerful uh, influence plan that can be um, to engage someone, to retain someone uh, based on the commitment you have to their development. And like you talked about, I don't know, like five, 10 minutes ago, you talked about, you know, if you're that type of manager, people are going to want to work for you. Yeah, totally. This is how you connect with people. Mm -hmm. This is one of the ways. So as employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist. The first one, be realistic. You know, you're swinging for the fence. You got to kind of know that going in. And I, I think if you're uh, just straightforward with yourself, that you're self-aware, uh, you know, maybe you're not successful, but you got to be realistic knowing that you are swinging. Yeah. And it's okay to say, you know, I know this is a stretch. I know that based upon what it says in the job description, I don't have. And there's a really interesting uh, LinkedIn article recently about how length of time before you get into the next role is a significant um, barrier to allow potential growth. And many organizations are actually starting to remove that you need four years in that job, you know, whatever that is, or five years at this level. Because the reality is, depending on your experience and the role that you've had, you can do a lot in two years. So having a minimum requirement of a number of years uh, can be um, not a great plan to get the best person into that role. So uh, being realistic about it and saying, you know, I know that it says five years, but here's the things that I have done over the last two years. So be realistic, but also bring facts as to why you may be an exception and also what this experience of interviewing will give you as you're growing in the organization. So, And we've discussed this on the boss side, but, you know, hopefully you feel comfortable having this discussion, but have the discussion with your boss about swinging for the fence. Tell them what you're doing. Get them involved in it. That's, you know, there might be situations out there where people don't feel comfortable doing that. But if you're in that spot, then why wouldn't you take advantage of your, your boss's knowledge and experience uh, in the organization, in the job, and, and have a talk with them about it? And ask them for their support, to your point. Why not? Because they don't know what, you, if you have something you want them to do, uh, and it may be help uh, pressure test my thinking, um, support me in getting connected to the right people, introduce me to others, as you said on an earlier point, all those things um, are ideas that you can leverage your manager, assuming you have a good relationship with them. And listen to their thoughts and feedback. If you're going to talk to them about it, you should listen to what they have to say. And if they offer uh, help to move you forward with it, you should definitely take them up on it. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And keep moving forward. Sometimes things take time. You know you're swinging for the fence. You may not get it first time, may not second time, but keep moving forward. Don't get discouraged. Learn the things that you need to learn. Get the experience that you need. Bring people into your uh, development that you need to and just keep moving forward. You can't uh, just try once and fail and give up. If this is something that you really want to do, that you think you have the skills to do or you want to get the skills to be able to do it, then you just got to keep moving forward. Yeah, and like own your plan. You know, if you weren't successful, 
then don't just uh, leave your toys and walk away. Uh, go and talk to folks and say, listen, uh, I really did want that job. And next time I want to be prepared for the next opportunity that comes up. So I wonder if you could give me that. What are the two most important things that I need to either demonstrate or learn uh, in between now and the next six months or a year so that next time I will be a, a more likely a successful candidate going forward? Most people don't ask that question. And, but I'll tell you, if you do ask that question, uh, the hiring manager are going to say, boy, that person has, is focused, uh, they're fact-based, they, they really want it. You will lift up uh, your profile and awareness by asking those questions, and it will give you clear, crisp knowledge of what you need to be able to demonstrate in order to be successful next time. I really like that. You're disappointed work through that, accept that, move on, ask those questions, get ready for the next time around. I really like that. Mm -hmm. And don't get down when others around you seem to have an easy time of it. You might not really understand what their journey is about. I don't know, Greg, how many times I've seen that, this where all of a sudden somebody's in a role and you go like, how did that happen? Like, mm -hmm. am I missing something? And I might be. So I, I think it's, unhealthy sometimes to look around and see other people and think oh they're, they're having an easy go of it you know like there's somebody's love child or whatever but the reality is is that we're all in different journeys and, and sometimes somebody else is just in the right place at the right time i've gotten jobs like that you know right you know i didn't even really want it and it just happened for me so i think it's uh, important to have a healthy attitude towards other people's journeys and sometimes we just don't know what that journey is about we don't know they might have specific skills or they just they just might be in the right place at the right time it happens and again have the courage to have the conversations whether it's with hr or with your boss or someone else and just be authentic and say, you know, listen, uh, um, I'm struggling to understand. There's been two roles that I've applied for and Alistair got the one role and Mary got the other role and I'm struggling to understand what is the gap that I'm not demonstrating or I'm not showing forward. I just, uh, it seems to me on paper that I may be equally qualified or maybe even more qualified and I don't understand that. So what I'd love to do is understand again, what do I need to demonstrate what are the skills that I need to get more people more aware of that I have uh, or 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 what do I need to improve in maybe in showing up get specifics to focus and then engage them so if it's if it's maybe I'm not a good interviewer you know I've got all the things but I'm not a good interviewer then engage HR or whoever is a, uh, a mentor in the organization said I'd really love to practice uh, would you be willing to support me so that I can be prepared for that sec Take ownership of the things you can control and engage others in your uh, plans to move forward into wherever you want to move forward. You said that word mentorship, and I've been involved in a couple uh, mentorship activities where you're getting uh, people in, in both major organizations that I've worked in. And I got to say, I've been so pleasantly surprised in both major organizations I've worked in how senior people are like, absolutely, I'd love to mentor somebody. I don't know what that looks like, uh, but I, I've seen so many senior people go, yeah, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Who do you need me to talk to? Um, what's the activity? 
And to be able to take advantage of that, especially if maybe you're a little disappointed, you, you didn't get a job or you see somebody else get a job and you're, you know, you're kind of in that place like, oh, I think I'm probably more skilled than they are. Don't know what it is, but to get that opportunity to talk to somebody else and maybe get a mentor. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of senior people that really like to do these things. And I think as organizations, especially as individuals, we should take advantage of that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a big formal thing. You know, uh, when I was in my roles in, in HR, it would actually drive me nuts when it got so complicated, the mentorship programs got so complicated with regards to it. It's almost a very simple formula of really, first of all, deciding what you want, what you need, what the focus is, what's the kind of support, and then being prepared before you go and ask someone, don't just go ask somebody, hey, will you be my mentor? Be clear about what you want and uh, it is scary and you know like uh, it, it is swinging for the fences from a mentorship perspective it can be scary to actually say that but boy to your point there's lots of folks that are willing and interested in helping others and if you go to them and saying alistair here's my here's my what i'm trying to do here's the kinds of help would you be interested in in coming alongside and helping me most will say no and if the first one doesn't say no says no then fine, go to the next one. So have a plan. And I think if uh, you're at all self-aware, there are already people probably talking into your life, into your career. And it might not be that much of a stretch to figure out who the person is that can probably help you along. Those people, quite often, they're already in kind of your circle. And it's just a matter of uh, turning the conversation around to make it a, a little bit more permanent or serious or whatever. I, I benefited from uh, uh, a number of mentors, but they've all been situational and they just kind of came up naturally. And it's like, yeah, uh, um, I just took advantage of it. I don't know if they walk around with a little card saying mentor or not, but that's exactly what the relationship was. And quite often it was very temporary. I just happened to be in a spot and I benefited from those things. It was just a natural thing. And I kind of stepped into the opportunity. And like I said before, most people, whether they actually want, you know, to have a little, you know, button saying they're a mentor or not, are more than willing to speak into somebody's life, into somebody's career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. So, uh, Greg, uh, do you have uh, something in uh, wrap up? You know, I always have two or three things. And so for me, you know, for these kinds of things, even as a manager, you see someone who's really swinging for the fence, even if you don't think that they're totally prepared for it. First of all, uh, be prepared for those discussions, you know, create the space to have the discussion. Um, secondly, be curious really understand what's behind their desire, what they believe in themselves and, and where that, why they want to go where they want to go. Like really be curious in that and then be courageous as a leader. When you think that there's risk, call out that risk of where they're maybe not ready. And then finally just be supportive and encouraging as to whether or not they got the role to help them move into that role. And if they don't, Make sure you have the closing where you can debrief with them, help them understand and see the pathway forward so that they feel valued, feel invested in, and feel cared for. That's what a manager, and it doesn't have to take that much time, but it's just really being present to them in the situation and uh, guiding them and, and, and as they go through this. 
And for me, uh, from an employee point of view, uh, the importance of those relationships with your manager, hopefully you have a relationship with them of a nature that you could have this discussion with them. And also um, these other people that might be in your circle that uh, can give you some kind of mentorship, whether that's formal or informal, it's those relationships, taking advantage of them. Uh, a lot of times, hopefully it's just a very natural kind of transition. They're there, they've taken an interest, uh, take people up on it, you know, value those relationships. I agree. So we hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. We hope that you didn't find anything we spoke of offensive or made you angry. But uh, Greg, uh, we'll rely again on you on the happy or peeved philosophy that you uh, aspire to. Yeah, I've, I've shared this before. And uh, from my experience of both having a coach and being a coach, what I often have said is that I know that it has been a great dialogue when I leave with either joy and excitement about something I, that was reinforced within me or that I learned or, and or something that was churny or made me a little peeved off because it hit a note of something that I know is true that I need to focus on. So in these podcasts, we hope that something that, that you heard may have gotten you excited and joyful uh, about, boy, I am on the right track, I'm doing some things. And we also hope that possibly there's a little bit of churn happening to think, mm, man, yeah, I probably did that not as well as I could have, that, that I need to just do a shift and uh, either recover or do something better next time. So we hope that uh, you experience maybe a little bit of both. Well, I experienced the uh, angst there when we were uh, when I was thinking about this episode after we'd done a little bit of a development conversation. So I'm in that camp today. So thank you, Greg. Yeah, I'm a little bit of both. <laughs> so, so uh, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>